Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. If you have your Bibles tonight, let's look into the Word of the Lord. I want to be conscious of your time. Thank you again, Pastor McGee, for uh, inviting us to come and allowing us to be here. Just have a good time, fellowship, praising the Lord. Now, I warn you tonight, this is hot bread. <clears throat> this is fresh bread. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't preached this before, and so I, um, uh, I'm just going to see how this turns out and goes uh, under the, under the uh, direction of the Holy Ghost. So I don't know who is here that this is for, but uh, evidently tonight, uh, take it, apply it, and uh, dig a, a large hole and put it within your soul and, and uh, nurture it. Luke chapter 4 and verse 20, and uh, if the, uh, the media people... Uh, you just kind of follow me tonight. I might just kind of jump around. I don't know, but, uh, you know, that's a thankless job up there sometimes. And I want you folks to know you're doing a great job. You're just doing a great... Man. You know, sometimes those that are behind the scene, they don't get the accolades that they uh, really deserve, but uh, uh, thank you for putting the words on the wall for us and, and uh, helping us out. Right? Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 4 and verse 20. And he closed the book, gave it again to the minister, and he sat down. And the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. In other words, everybody now was looking at Jesus. May I say, God has a way of putting you in a predicament where everybody's eyes are looking at you. I'm preaching now. Verse 21, and he began to say unto them, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, now check this out. They said, is not this Joseph's son? He fasted in the wilderness for 40 days. He was tempted of the devil in three different categories. The Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. And he has been identified by the premier prophets, the sages of his age. The clouds rolled back, a voice from heaven spoke and said, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. But the people are still now asking the question, Is not this Joseph's son? Say that with me. Is not this Joseph's son? That is my subject matter tonight. Is not this Joseph's son? And if I, were to, um, if I were to reduce this title, 
down to one word, it would be probably the word exceptionalism. Everybody say exceptionalism. Exceptionalism. Is not this Joseph's son? Let's pray. God, we love you tonight. We thank you for this great church. Thank you for this body of believers that are here in Mount Carmel. Pray tonight that you would honor the word of God as it's ministered. Speak to our hearts. Give this church a great revival, a great outpouring of your spirit, tongues of fire setting upon all of us tonight. Touch hearts and lives and help us to be reminded once again of our importance in the kingdom. In the name of Jesus, I exalt you. I praise you. I love you. I honor you. Thank you tonight for your goodness. You are worthy. You are worthy of all of our praise tonight. Clap your hands one more time unto the Lord. Shout unto God the voice of triumph. Thank you, Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, you are exceptional. And you may be seated tonight. Praise the Lord. A multimedia person, I'm going to the 17th verse of that chapter. There was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And then the Bible says he took the book and he closed it. And he gave it to the minister, the Bible says, and he sat down took his place and just sat down. Do you have a, you have a folding chair somewhere? Get a, I might use a, a folding chair just, just to kind of um, help, us, help me out tonight. And I want you to get the picture here. Just, just set it right here. Yeah, just, just, just set it right there. That, that, that's, that's fine. Um, this setting... Jesus had just read from the book, and he closed it, gave it to the minister, and just went over and sat down. Just sat down. I'm sure at this point there was a hush. There was a pause. Because the Bible says they all fastened their eyes upon him and they began to look at him and Jesus just sat there he read the scripture and he said today is this fulfilled in your ears closed the book and just sat down and they said is not this Joseph's son now Jesus has appeared in the synagogue to the religious people, the church people, 
to declare that this is the time, this is the day, this is the hour. And he challenged the way that they saw their faith. In fact, he is challenging the way they view God. He challenged their routines. He's challenging their ritualism. He's challenging their doctrines. He's challenging their ideas. God is here not challenging the world, but he's challenging the religious of his day. This is the first day out of the gate. This is the first moment, and he challenges not the world, not sinners, not adulterers, not whoremongers, but he challenges the synagogue. He challenges the religious ones. You know, if you are an entrepreneur uh, and you're getting ready to liberate, then you would start with the ones who maybe were the most oppressed. But Jesus starts with the religious, the sanctimonious, the self-righteous, the holier-than-thou the uh, uh, aristocrat of the kingdom. He challenges them because he has taken their religion out of its historical context or its prophetical understanding and and brings it into the present tense of this one moment. And when religious people get challenged... When their faith has to be proven, in just a moment, people become timid and people become introverted. They become fearful when their faith is challenged. You know, we love to talk about the history. We love to talk about the destiny, but we shy away a lot of times from the now. In the midst of your normalcy, in the midst of your ordinary, God may be doing something right now, but you don't see it. And if I was to come tonight and challenge you to see it, then I ask the question, could you handle it? Jesus said, this day, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. He didn't get in any trouble reading the scriptures. Religious people love to have you read the scriptures. As long as the historical scriptures do not enlighten their contemporary life, then people are fine with historical contexts of God. Michelangelo's great paintings on the cathedrals, oh, we love that. You know, great anthems like Handel's Messiah, oh, we love that. We love all the historical relevance of God. But when you have a God that is contemporary in the moment, amen, that you have to face right now people say oh no 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 we we, we either got to go to heaven or we got to you know study the way it was in the past but we're going to shy away from God invading the present moment right now but tonight I need a God who will invade my present moment I need a God who will minister to me right now I need a God who can invade my 
my, my, my life who can help me right now. Not tomorrow, not yesterday, but I need him right now. I don't need a God to invade my yesterday or invade my tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. Right now, not tomorrow, not next week. Amen. Not in the future. This day, he says, today, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. And so I love the way Jesus did this. He closed the book said it's over service is over class dismissed and he sat down that's all he did no fanfare no great worship course and the Bible says that they marveled at his words they marveled at the the profundity of his words, the power of his words, the excellence of his words. They were shocked at his words. And they defined him by what they saw and said, is not this Joseph's son? And they incarcerated him to walk into the realm of their understanding. Is not this Joseph's son? May I say tonight, what are they saying about you that might be stopping you? Will you be limited to, who, to how people define you? Are you going to spend the rest of your life living up to other people's idea of who you are? Or do you have the courage right now to take a step by faith and say, you know what, I'm going to break the mold. I'm going to break the mold of the ordinary. I'm going to break the mold, amen, of how things used to be. Hallelujah. This message tonight, amen, it's not for the status quo. It's not for the ordinary. It's not for the routine. It's not for the ritualistic. But this tonight, this is for jailbreak people. This is for people who don't want to wait, amen, to, to post bail, but are ready to break out of the dungeon, amen, ready to get out of mediocrity and step into the realm of exceptionalism. Whew. Slap your neighbor and say, you're exceptional tonight. You're... This is your moment, folks. It's either now or never. If you, don't, if you don't do it now, you're, you're not going to do it at all. You're, if you're going to serve the Lord, you've got to serve the Lord now. You have to make up your mind whether you're going to be Joseph's son or not. This is your moment. Can you say amen? And so the question is, is not this Joseph's son? And what is your answer tonight? The answer is no. Jesus is saying, I'm not who you think I am. I'm not who you think I am. I'm not who the religious think I am. I'm not who the world thinks I am. 
Jesus is saying, how dare you define me by your understanding? I'm not who you say I am. I am not Joseph's son. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus is trying to get across to them, I am not Joseph's son. Yes, Joseph raised me. Yes, I worked in the carpenter shop, but I'm not Joseph's son. In other words, Jesus was telling them, I'm not limited to where I came from. I'm not bound by who raised me. My environment raised me. I was in it, but I'm not of it. Woo. Priests and scribes and Pharisees of the synagogue, if you look close enough, if you close the book and sit down, then I've already said enough. Because if you will take what I said, Jesus was telling them, and apply it to your religious life, then you will cease, then, then you will cease to be defined by what you, what you were in because just because you're in it does not mean you're of it. Bible says as far as every born again believer is concerned we're not of this world but we we're in it but we're not of it we're born in it we're raised in it we work in it we eat in it we survive in it but we're not of it and if you've got the Holy Ghost tonight, you are not trapped by your environment. You are not bound by who raised you. You are not limited to where you came from. Mm, tonight, I refuse to be defined only by where I came from or how I was raised or where I live in. Amen. I am in this world, but I'm not of this world. I am not Joseph's son. And this day, the scripture was revealed in their eyes and so as you read on a little further they began to argue with Jesus and they said well we hear all these great things that you're doing so why don't you do them in the synagogue you know why don't you do them here and Jesus said in verse 24 Jesus said verily I say unto you no prophet is accepted in his own country. Now, the first question they asked was, is not this Joseph's son? And that suggests, who do you belong to? Jesus said, the reason I cannot do any mighty works is because a prophet is without honor in his own country. Now, there is a fight right here between ordinary, ordinariness and exceptionalism. Between the ordinary and the exceptional. Why could a prophet not do great works in his own country? Or as the Bible says, a prophet is without honor in his own country. Without honor. A prophet is without honor. In other words, he's, he is not, he, you're not seeing the prophet correctly in his own country. Why is that? Because their view of him, not his view of him, but their view of him would determine their level of how they would receive from him. 
And Jesus was saying, the only thing that is limiting me from being exceptional is how you see me. I ask you tonight, how does the world see you? How does the church see you? How does your family see you? How does your friends see you? Do they see you as ordinary? Do they see you as Joseph's son? Or do they see you as exceptional? Do they see you as run-of-the-mill or average? Or do they see you anointed, extraordinary, victorious, more than a conqueror? Do they see you in this world but not of this world? Because how they see you will determine their level to receive from you. Is not this Joseph's son? No, it's not Joseph's son. Is this John the Baptist? No, this is not John the Baptist. Is this Elijah? No, this is not Elijah. <laughs> are, are you of this world? No. Should you conform to this world? No. I'm in it, but I'm not of it. I don't think like the world. I don't look like the world. I don't dress like the world. I don't behave like the world. I don't talk like the world. I'm in it. I'm raised in it. I eat in it, but I'm not of it. I'm not Joseph's son. I was born a size more. I was raised a size more. But one day on August the 9th, 1960, I was reborn. I was born again of the water and of the spirit. So am I a size more? I am by name, but I'm not by spirit. I'm one of his. I'm not Joseph's son. I'm not part of the world. I'm in it, but I'm not of it. I'm passing through. I'm just a pilgrim and a stranger. I know who my father really is. He went to Calvary for me. He shed his blood for me. He gave me life, life that I couldn't get from my mom and dad. Somebody shout hallelujah. So, how the world sees you will determine their level to receive from you. So, when they had said, is not this Joseph's son? They, in essence, were saying, well, how did you get to talk like that? Uh, Your daddy is a carpenter. You're supposed to be swinging a hammer. Uh, You're supposed to be driving nails, making furniture. You're supposed to be building uh, 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 yokes for oxen, for farmers. You're supposed to stay in your neighborhood. (laughs) Live with your kinfolks. That's what you're supposed to do. Is not this Joseph's son? And folks, the only and only you can answer that question yourself so the question before us tonight is will you be satisfied with being ordinary fit in with the crowd stay in your neighborhood 
run with the crowd stay where you were raised or are you willing tonight by virtue of the Holy Ghost to step out and become exceptional not superior but just exceptional because this is not Joseph's son the root word to exceptional is accept you can't be exceptional if you don't have the root word except. Everybody say except. Here's an example of what I'm referring to. It, 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 it happened to everybody except me. They all live that way except me. They all think that way except me. They all fell victim to that except me. They all dress that way except me. They all behave that way except me. And so tonight, are you going to be one of them? Or are you going to be like Jesus and break out of what the world thinks you are and become exceptional? Yeah. Hallelujah. I believe tonight that in this church there are some exceptional people here tonight. People who refuse to be identified with the ordinary. Who refuse to stay identified with the world. Who refuse to live like the world. Think like the world. Talk like the world. Dress like the world. Hallelujah. Thou can do it except me. They can go there except me. Because I, by virtue of the Holy Ghost, I'm exceptional. In the eyes of God, slap your neighbor and say, you're exceptional tonight. You're exceptional. But who are willing to stand up in the synagogues of today's religious system and say, I'm not one of them. I'm not who you say I am. I'm not Joseph's son. But I've been washed. I've been sanctified. I've been cleansed. I went to a meeting one night. And my heart wasn't right. But something got a hold of me. Hallelujah. Amen. Touch your neighbor and say, everybody except me. Everybody except me. You can fill in the blank any way you want to. But everybody except me. Everybody stayed except me. Everybody quit except me everybody threw in the towel except me everybody went charismatic except me everybody lost their mind except me mm, I wish all the exceptional people in this house would stand to their feet and give God a praise and a thanksgiving for where God has brought you from oh hallelujah I'm not Joseph's son today this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears 
I'm one of them. I'm one of God's. I've got the Holy Ghost. I'm exceptional. I've got the anointing on my life. Clap your hands unto the Lord in this house. Hallelujah. I'm exceptional. I'm not Joseph's son. You can be seated. So now Jesus, who is exposing his exceptionalism, he's having a conversation now with the ordinary. And you know what? Maybe you figured this out already, but exceptional and ordinary, when they get together, they always have a conflict. Bible says he closed the book gave it to the minister and said that's all I've got to say he sat down he looked at him I don't know if he made faces at him I wish he would have just said nah 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 because nah. you don't know who I am you think I'm Joseph's son, <laughs> but I'm not his son. He raised me. I learned the carpenter trade. Amen. But I, I have come. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Amen. He's anointed me to, to, to bring glad tidings. Amen. And preach the acceptable year of the Lord to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty those that are bruised. And today, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your eyes. Case closed. Service over. Dismiss class. No more needs to be said. Closed the book, gave it to the minister, sat down. And the Bible says that the eyes of all of them who were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And they all wondered at his words that he spoke. And by the time church was over, they became so angry and mad at him. The Bible says that they desired to drag him out of the synagogue, drag him to the end of the city, and throw him over the cliff. Why? Because exceptionalism was having a conversation with the ordinary. And anytime exceptional people dwell in the midst of ordinary thinking people, there's always going to be a conflict. That's why many people have conflict with coworkers on the job because you've got the Holy Ghost and they don't. You've got the whole, and if you've got the Holy Ghost, you're baptized in Jesus' name, you're the exception to the rule. You're exceptional, they're ordinary. Anytime you put exceptional in a room full of ordinary people, there's going to be an argument. There's going to be a conflict. Anytime an exceptional wife is living with an ordinary husband, there's going to be a conflict. Anytime an exceptional man is living with an ordinary wife, there's going to be conflict. And after the room was silenced, and anger was on their faces. Jesus reveals his identity of the Godhead and lets them know who he really is by saying, this day, 
is the scripture fulfilled in your eyes? In other words, I'm not Joseph's son. I'm not from ordinary seed. But I'm exceptional due to the fact that I was born of a virgin. I'm exceptional due to the fact that I was conceived by the Holy Ghost. I'm not Joseph's son. I was, I was born, I was not born like the ordinary, but I'm exceptional. And when I got the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues, I too was transformed from original into the exceptional. And so he reveals himself. Now, before church is ended, Jesus decides, he says, now wait a minute. He makes a decision. Before we close down church and send everybody home, Jesus decides he wants to bring a couple of witnesses to the stand and then close out church. Jesus, the Bible says, makes reference to a couple of incidences in the Old Testament. The first witness he brings to the stand to prove his point are the widows of Israel. Look at verse 25 there. Of that same chapter verse 25 says but I tell you of a truth many widows were in Israel in this day in the days of Elias when the heaven was shut up three years and six months when great famine was throughout all of the land but unto none of them was Elias sent save unto Sarepta a city of Sidon unto a woman that was a widow in other words, in the days of Elijah, this is in 1 Kings chapter 17, they, there were many widows in Israel, and there was a, a severe famine in the land for three and a half years. But the prophet Elijah was not sent to help any of them, except one widow in Sarepta, a city of Zion. And that was a pagan city. And the woman... And the woman uh, Elijah was sent to deliver was not even of the house of Israel. She was not even a Jew. And what Jesus was trying to tell these religious people in the synagogue is you don't always find the exceptional where you expect to find it. Many widows in Israel needed a miracle, but none of them got one after three and a half years of famine except this one widow who was not even a Jew, yet God chose her to be the exception to the rule. <laughs> Folks, can I say this tonight? This is famine-breaking bread. Amen. I, I, I say tonight in the Holy Ghost, I break the famine of God's word over your life, over this city, in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't know what kind of famine you've been in. If it's a financial famine, an emotional famine, a relationship famine, a spiritual famine, I break the famine in your life right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The ordinary people can't receive that, but exceptional people can receive that tonight. If your famine has been too long, if your famine has been dry, if your famine has been a struggle, this day, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. Slap your neighbor and say, it breaks today. 
It breaks today. It breaks tonight. I'm not going to live where God used to be. I'm not going to live where God's going to be. I'm living in the now, right now. I serve notice on the devil right now. My famine is over. My curse is broken. My trial is gone. My burden is lifted. The crooked places is being straight. My disease is gone. In Jesus' name. Somebody shout yes. yes. Why? Because I am not Joseph's son. Slap three people and say the famine's over. My famine, my famine is over. My famine is over. I declare it. I'm going to speak to it. It's been three and a half long years. It's been dry too long. My famine is over. My pain is over. My hunger's being fed. My thirst is being quenched. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Satan, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. Somebody shout hallelujah. So the widow woman who was not a Jew, God moves her into exceptionalism. God gave her an exceptional blessing which she wasn't supposed to have. And this is what Jesus was trying to get a hold across to these religious people sitting in the synagogue. Because the prophet is not without honor, save in his own country. In other words, this gospel I have is not just to you guys. There was a widow, there was some widow woman out there in Elijah's day, and hey, she got her blessing, and she wasn't even a Jew. Then the second witness he brings to the stand is found in verse 27. And he shows them the lepers of Israel. Verse 27, and many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisus, the prophet. None of them was cleansed, saving Naaman, the Syrian. Leprosy. Everybody who contacted it died. Once they identified you as being a leper, they moved you into a colony with other lepers and you waited until all of, the, of your members began to fall off your body. Your skin would turn mush and you would die. There was no cure. Leprosy. Lepers were declared unclean. They had to cover their face and walk around warning people, unclean, unclean. The reason lepers were put in colonies was because they were always colonized what they couldn't. They always, back in the Bible days, they always colonized what they could not cure. Anytime you see groups of people who have the same problem congregating together, they're colonizing. They colonize what they cannot cure. Bible says that Naaman was the captain. He was the captain of the host of Syria. He was a mighty man of valor. He was revered by everybody around him. He had power. He had authority. He had influence. He had superiority. But Naaman was a leper. Verse 
Can I say tonight, it doesn't matter how much influence you have. Doesn't matter how much money you have. Doesn't matter if you have more degrees than a thermometer. You can still have something wrong with you that can rob every other area of influence in your life. Folks, money doesn't fix everything. Influence doesn't fix everything. No. Israel had many lepers in the time of Elisha the prophet. This is in 2 Kings chapter 5. But God chose not to cleanse any of them. Except Naaman, who was a Syrian. And Syrians were not Jews. He was a leper, and God chose to cleanse him instead of all the lepers in the Jewish colony. And the message Jesus was trying to get across was, look, Sanhedrin, Pharisees, scribes, God dispenses his benefits when and where and to whom he pleases. God never punishes any but those who deserve it, but he blesses incessantly those who don't deserve it. So Naaman, who was not a Jew, God moved him into exceptionalism. God gave him an exceptional blessing, even though he did not deserve it. <laughs> the first case of leprosy ever recorded in the Bible was an exodus when leprosy came upon a girl named Miriam, who was the sister of Moses. And that was the first case of leprosy. And from the days of Miriam forward, uh, everybody for hundreds of years, generation after generation, died of leprosy without exception until Naaman. May I say, even though the rule says that if the heavens are shut up for three and a half years, which cause a great famine in your life, even though the rule says that you're going to die if, you, if you've got leprosy, I've come to declare to you tonight, there are always exceptions to the rule. <laughs> Amen. If you were born, amen, from an alcoholic family, you don't have to be an alcoholic individual. If you were born and raised in a drug-ridden family, you don't have to. There's always exceptions to the rule. If you've ever been cursed with an affliction, if your mother ever had breast cancer, if you have ever had an issue running through your family, just because it runs through your family doesn't mean it has to run into your body. The devil is a liar. There's exceptions to the rule. I can live victorious. I can be happy. I, I can have victory in my life. Woo. Somebody shout yes. I am not Joseph's son. Tonight I curse every disease. I curse every affliction. I come against every plague. I come against generational curses. Amen. I command healing tonight. I command deliverance in your body. In the name of Jesus Christ. You are not Joseph's son. This day. Everybody say this day. This day, Satan, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. I'm not Joseph's son. <laughs> the only son I am is the son of God, born of a virgin, filled with the Holy Ghost, anointed from heaven. 
Hallelujah. And I believe tonight an exceptional God deserves exceptional praise. An exceptional God deserves the exceptional worship. An exceptional God deserves exceptional singing. An exceptional God deserves exceptional, amen, walking with him and talking with him and honoring him all the days of your life. Because if you've got the Holy Ghost tonight, you are not Joseph's son. Stand with me tonight, if you will. He read to them, Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He's given me all of this authority. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, set at liberty those who are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Case closed. I close the book. Give it to the minister. You guys can go ahead and have church the way you want to have church. I'm done. It's over. Class dismissed. Bell's ringing. Time for recess. He sat down. And they looked at him. Could not believe the words that they were hearing. Because it was exceptionalism speaking to ordinary. Folks, can I encourage you tonight? Don't get offended when you get mocked at work. Young people, don't get offended when school friends, you know, make fun of you for going to church or dressing the way that you do. Don't get offended. Just in your heart. Remind yourself, I'm not Joseph's son. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. I, I, I'm raised in it. I go to school in it. I eat in it. I, I work in it. I survive in it, but I'm not of it. Because I've been bought with a price. Whew. God filled me with the Holy Ghost. I'm not of this world. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't make me superior. And woe is any of us tonight that think just because God has saved us that we're better than everybody else. That was not the point that Jesus was trying to make. He was trying to let them know, hey, Sanhedrin, people of the synagogue, you've got the wrong impression of me. You think I should be driving nails. You think I should be sawing saws and, and making things in my, my natural my father's who raised me's carpentry shop and I learned the trade he knew what he was talking about but he answered their question by saying this day this day is the scripture fulfilled I'm not Joseph's son I'm not of this world I don't have to be dictated by this world now, folks, I say this in all sincerity tonight and all the love I have in my heart. But we are so close to the coming of the Lord. We are at the door, folks. I'm here to tell you tonight, we're at the door. 
with all these things going on in the world, all the changes being made in the, our in our economy, uh, all the things. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to detail with this, but uh, it's my understanding right now, and and I have I have facts to back this up. But there is a law in Congress, it's either in the Congress or the Senate, right now that's supposed to be passed this coming April. That is going to push through the ID card. And and uh, and the the identification because what they're doing is they're they're slipping it in with the immigration law, and it's going before to be voted on here in this in this uh, upcoming April. I don't know the timetable of all things, but I do know this: that before now. Um, I don't want to cross anybody's theology here. But I, myself, personally, I interpret the word of the Lord, and I might be wrong. But I interpret that the church will be gone when the mark of the beast comes forward. Where everyone has to have a mark to buy and sell. You know the prophetic events. And this is happening now. And if it's begin at the stage, a lot of a lot of things are, have already happened. And the stages are set. Uh, they're already ready to build the temple. They've got all the they they're even right now. Uh, they've already uh, recreated the Ark of the Covenant uh, for the temple worship. Uh, a lot of things are happening. And um, but I just want to help us tonight, folks. We're close to the coming of the Lord. And you and I do not have time to be distracted by what the world thinks. Don't worry about what the world thinks. Don't worry. But they're my friends, Brother Sizer. That's all right. Pray for them. Bring them to church. Introduce them to what you have. And why you go to church so much. And why you worship the way that you do. And why you have morals the way that you do. Don't be, don't, you know, don't allow the world to be condescending. We're not better than the world. We're different. We're exceptional compared to the ordinary. And if you're here tonight and you don't have the Holy Ghost, you need the Holy Ghost. In fact, I'll go in even further to say, you really want the Holy Ghost. Yes, you do want it. I know you want it. So many times the enemy speaks in our ear and puts up a roadblock and blinds our thinking and blinds our eyes but tonight if you'll press through and say you know what I'm going to serve the Lord no matter what I don't want to live like the world I don't want to I don't want to think like the world yes we live in it we have to survive in it we work in it we do our best in it but I'm of another world I'm not Joseph's son every head bowed eye closed we sing a song of worship tonight Maybe there's someone here that wants to say, Brother Sizemore, I'm ready. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of, of, of arguing. I'm tired of, I'm tired of wrestling. With Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.